Welcome to episode 230 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we are looking at Season 10, Episode 5, Babylon. The original air date was February 15th, 2016. The action primarily takes place in Texas, and the average IMDb user score is a 6.3 out of 10. That makes it the lowest rated episode of this season. Although part of that low rating, if we look at the breakdown, we see that actually a 7 out of 10 is the most common rating, next to 10 out of 10, and then we're down to the 8s. But there's actually quite a spike at the 1 out of 10 rating. Now this episode starts off with a Muslim man who is going through his daily prayers and preparations. He faces racism just from driving in his car, meets a friend of his, they walk into a museum, and the museum explodes. In the post-credits teaser, we find out that they are members of a terrorist cell who are protesting a painting of Muhammad. Now, the Muslim faith does not allow depictions of Muhammad, and the painting that they are protesting was apparently a painting of Muhammad on a toilet, defecating radical Islamists, which would be offensive to more than Muslims, I would hope. That is a completely inappropriate painting, which is obviously part of the point of this part of the story. That doesn't mean that blowing up the museum is the appropriate response, but a response and a protest is absolutely warranted. In any event, this protester, despite wearing a suicide vest, somehow survives and is in a coma. A couple of other agents who are similar to where Waller and Scully were 23 years ago come in and they are looking for help from Mulder and Scully as advised by Skinner. They don't receive it so they go off to Texas to continue their investigation. After splitting up, Scully calls Agent Miller. Uh, in fact, Agent Kid Miller is named after David Duchovny's son. He is the believer in the pair, and Scully says, well, there may be a way to contact or to communicate with your comatose terrorist. Meanwhile, Mulder contacts Agent Einstein with also a means to potentially contact the terrorist. So Scully goes down to Texas to meet Agent Miller, while Einstein postpones her trip to Texas to meet with Agent Mulder. Scully's idea is based on actual science, where they find that Comatose patients can respond to yes or no questions, not directly with interaction, but you can see spikes that respond in EKGs. Or at least that was new research at the time that this episode came out. I don't know if it's been backed up and reproduced by later research. Meanwhile, Mulder's idea is to eat some magic mushrooms, and Agent Einstein is really not on board with that. She does reluctantly agree. And when they're doing their experiment, you know, Mulder has the magic mushrooms, Einstein leaves, and the person she's talking to in an attempt to distract says, well, if you're working together, why is your partner already left? Because Mulder is tripping on something when he leaves. We do find that there is some potential in Scully's approach. Mulder believes that he spoke to the man who spoke to him in Arabic, so he can't actually translate it, which is surprising to Agent Einstein, 
because she gave him placebos that she bought at the corner drugstore and not actual magic mushrooms. And ultimately, they are able to get the information using what Mulder heard in his dream. They stop the next attack, save a number of lives, and then they're trying to cope with it because Mulder's trying to figure out how he was able to communicate with this placebo and not with the magic mushrooms, while Scully is dealing with the fact that all she saw was hate. So overall, while I might agree that this is one of the weaker episodes of the season, I don't think that it's weak enough in its storytelling to get a 6.3. I do think that there's an issue, it really bothered me the first time, where the only depiction of Muslims was as terrorists. And even that wasn't particularly well-researched when our Muslim actor ate a sandwich with his left hand, which, according to IMDb trivia, no devout Muslim would ever do. But on the second viewing, that didn't stand out as much. It's still true that every Muslim character we see is filled with racism and hatred, but I realized on the second viewing that that attitude is not restricted to Muslims, that's every character who's not Mulder, Scully, or Agents Einstein and Miller, or A.D. Skinner. So our five core figures are really the only ones who show no outward signs of racism and hatred. So upon realizing that on the second viewing, I'm thinking maybe this isn't the unfair depiction of Muslims I thought it was. It's just something that suffers from only showing the hatred, having a mixture of characters with mixtures of attitudes on one side and only Muslims on the other, because all of our agents happen to be Caucasian. That's the issue. Had they somehow managed to give echoes of Mulder and Scully with these agents and have at least one of them act as a Muslim, I think that would have helped the presentation. So it's not ideal, but it's not as bad as I thought it was the first time. We're doing a hopefully quick recap of our guest cast and the production staff. This episode was written and directed by Chris Carter. Clearly not his first, and it also will not be his last step into either of those roles. Obviously, Mitch Pileggi returns as Walter Skinner. We'll be seeing a lot more of him. Lauren Ambrose plays the Scully-like Agent Einstein. This is her first appearance on the X-Files. It will not be her last, and it won't even finish up with season 10. We will actually see more of her in season 11. Since the first time we discussed this, she has also played a recurring role in Servant as Dorothy Turner. Robbie Amell makes his first of three appearances as Agent Miller. He's also known for playing Ronnie Raymond or Firestorm on The Flash, and since this first appearance, he has gone on to play Kevin in three episodes of the Netflix series of Unfortunate Events, as well as a recurring role as Nathan Brown on Upload, and he's got other projects that are currently in pre-production and post-production at the time of this recording. Eric Brecker plays SP Agent Brem. He's actually had quite a few appearances since this one, he's returned as a new character on Supernatural. He's been in DC's Legends of Tomorrow as a driver, as well as appearances in Salvation and Unspeakable, still active today. 
Stephen Lobo plays Man in Suit Number One. Since we first discussed it, he has made a couple of appearances on Supernatural. He's been in Colony, Travelers, and fairly recently he's playing Martin Colvin in six episodes of Snowpiercer. Shane Jones plays Man in Suit 2. He would later appear in The 100, iZombie, The Flash, and Supernatural, as well as more. Appears to still be active today. Janet Kidder plays the nurse. She was playing Ruve Adams in a recurring role on Arrow at the time and would continue to do so. She has also appeared in Aftermath, Cop and a Half, The New Recruit, and The Man in the High Castle, as well as more. She is still active today. Martin John plays Shiraz. That's the actual terrorist involved here. He's also had repeat appearances on Supergirl and DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Nina Nayabi plays Nura. She has also continued working and is still active today with episodes of things like New Girl, Urban Myth Nest, Roxana, and Better Things. Gary Chalk plays Mad Dog. He has been quite active since this. He's appeared in Unreal, Frequency, Arrow, Nexo Knights, Secrets of My Stepdaughter, Ice, Ninjago, Superbook, Unspeakable, Mega Man Fully Charged as the voice of Dr. Light, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, and more. He is definitely working today, including a lot of voice acting. Marcy T. House has also had quite a bit of work since this. Appearances in Motive, Van Helsing, Tarzan and Jane, Rogue, iZombie, Timeless, Life Sentence, Chesapeake Shores, 50 States of Fright, and the new Twilight Zone, amongst several others. Now, William B. Davis appears as part of Mulder's drug trip. It is not the last we've seen of him. This is Bruce Harwood's final appearance as Byers in the X-Files, although it is part of Mulder's drug trip, so he is still dead as far as the show is concerned. Since we last discussed him, he has gone on to work in iZombie, Adventures in Public School, and very recently in Batwoman. Tom Braidwood also makes his final appearance as Melvin Frohickey. This is his last acting credit, although he has continued as second unit director or assistant director in a number of other projects, which makes sense. That is actually how his career began. Dean Haglund appears again in Mulder's Drug Trip as Langley. This is not his final X-Files appearance. We'll talk about him again later. Now, J. Alex Brinson plays an FBI agent guard, would continue on with more roles, including Travelers and All Rise. Mos Saeed plays the Osama lookalike. This is his second of five IMDb credits. So when he first discussed this episode, his only roles were this and Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. He has since appeared in Prison Break, Siren, and The Magicians. This is Johnny Gorbani's second IMDb credit, so the first time we discussed this, he'd appeared only in this and The Flash. He has since appeared in Supergirl, iZombie, Super Bingo, Right Before Christmas, Lost in Space, The Gun Run, and The Devil on My Shoulder, which was completed in 2016 but is not yet released. Billy Wickman has also been very busy and is still working today. Following this, he has made his second appearance as another character on Supernatural, as well as appearances in Rogue War for the Planet of the Apes, which is now one of his IMDb Best Known For roles, as well as Van Helsing, Project Blue Book, Woo Assassins, and Riverdale. Lane McNeil gets credited as Girl. 
Following this, she appeared in On the Farm, The Edge of Seventeen, You, Me, and Her in a recurring role as Ava Motherfield, and Deadly Class, as well as other projects that are in post-production and coming up, at least at the time of this recording, in July of 2020. Debs Howard plays Girl Number 2. She has been very busy since this, with appearances in Lucifer, Haley Dean Mystery, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, The Good Doctor, Mingle All the Way, Small Town Christmas, Fun House, Sonic the Hedgehog, and a number of other projects, some of which are still in post-production in 2020. So she has been very active. Thomas Newman plays FBI Agent Number 1. This is still his second of two IMDb credits, along with Backstrom. Todd Mann plays FBI Agent Number 2. He has continued from here to work in Out of the Blue, Travelers, Riverdale, in four appearances as Nico and Project Blue Book. Daniela Dibb makes her second appearance in The X-Files, both in this season. She previously played Sarah in Founder's Mutation, so she was the assistant who was following Mulder and Scully as they were getting a tour of that genetics facility. Here she's got an uncredited role as the dance partner, and has since gone on to appearances in Freaky Friday, Good Boys, and The Hypnotist's Love Story, which is still in post-production. Now, at the time this first aired, this was Richard David LeCoyne's third IMDb credit. He's now up to 21. So he has continued with appearances in The Flash, Unreal, Star Trek Beyond, Once Upon a Time, Fifty Shades Darker, Bates Motel, Prison Break, War for the Planet of the Apes, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, Fifty Shades Freed, Get Shorty, Van Helsing, Sonic the Hedgehog, Upload, and is still active today. T. Michael Morris is someone who's got a lot of camera electrical equipment and miscellaneous crew credits. As far as his acting credits, he's got nine. This is his sixth. Following this, he's had roles all uncredited in The 100, Dead of Summer, and Scorched Earth. Here he's got an uncredited role as a background performer. In fact, all of his acting credits are uncredited. So I suspect he's a member of the crew whose duties are light enough that when they need crowd scenes, he's asked to step up and be one of the extras. And finally, Celeste White-Steel has also had a number of new credits since she appeared in here in an uncredited role as the Texas Lounge guest. She's shown up in DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Lucifer, Death Note, Arrow, Altered Carbon, Riverdale, Eyes, Zombie, Supergirl, and Colony, with her most recent credits at in 2018, at least at the time of this recording in 2020. So in the end, I think it is... A better episode than you would think comparing the IMDb scores. I suspect those scores are just because of the political message that this is trying to convey, which gets a little muddled because of the casting. I think it would have been a little more clear if it wasn't just the agents that weren't showing hatred, because there's just hatred everywhere, which unfortunately involves every Muslim character and none of the prominent Caucasian characters. So it seems to be accidentally giving an anti-Muslim message here. In any event, that's all we have to say about Babylon. Join us again in two weeks' time when we look at My Struggle 2, which wraps up the season 10 or the event season of The X-Files with all six episodes. And then we will do a season 10 recap before we launch into the 11th and currently final season of the series. Also, please remember you can follow links in the episode descriptions in your podcatcher. Please come to the website and leave a voicemail telling me what the X-Files means to you. 
that can be used in the series wrap-up podcast that's due to be released in April of 2022. Thank you for listening.